Hi, this is Professor of Photography Jeff Curto, and welcome to episode number six of the History of Photography podcast. This episode, we're going to talk about a uh, wonderful, really important photography book called Looking at Photographs. Uh, the subtitle of it is 100 Pictures from the Collection of the Museum of Modern Art, and it was authored by John Zarkowski. Uh, Zarkowski's book, uh, Looking at Photographs, is one of the best ways to learn not only about the history of photography, but also about photography's aesthetics as well. Sarkowski was a photographer in his own right, but is probably best remembered as being the director of the Department of Photography at the Museum of Modern Art in New York City, MoMA, uh, from 1962 to 1991, a pretty long tenure for a curator at a major museum. During that time, he earned the reputation as being one of the most influential critics and curators of photography of the 20th century, and he also wrote a fair number of books about photography, uh, leveraging the collection uh, at the Museum of Modern Art, and also uh, using his uh, quite large intellect to talk about the medium of photography. In 1973, uh, he authored uh, this book called Looking at Photographs, and uh, the book was reprinted in 2009, and that's the, the book that you're now able to get uh, uh, you know, from bookstores or online. And in this book, he paired 100 photographs with 100 brief and insightful essays uh, about the photograph. The essays offer both a historical overview of the medium and also a kind of a primer on how to look at photographs in general. And the goal uh, he had was to help people understand what he was thinking about the medium and therefore, thereby influence how and what they might think about photography as well. Uh, the paperback book is neither expensive nor terribly thick, and the essays in it are clear and understandable and oftentimes very personal, personal thoughts about what Zarkowski was uh, considering relative to photography. Zarkowski was as great a writer as he was a curator, and his prose is actually quite delightful to read. And the combination of image and text causes the reader or viewer, the reader and viewer, I suppose, to go back and forth as you look at each photograph repeatedly. And that adds to the richness of your own viewing, because you're really sort of reading this text and uh, able to really uh, just look at the photograph on the, the adjacent page uh, at the same time. So uh, I'll give you a sense of, of what this is. I'm not going to read through uh, any single one of these essays, but I wanted to give you little snippets. Uh, here he's writing about Wright Morris's untitled photograph from 1947 uh, of a Model T car. There is in Morris's picture a quality of ceremony and ritual that speaks to the car's historical and symbolic role. What it is that creates this quality is not easy to deduce, but it relates to the searchlight quality of the sun and also to the rapidly diminishing perspective of the space, against which the facade of the car stands as flat and static as a sign. This is a function of the short focal length lens, which is also responsible for the seemingly irrational drawing of the shadows cast by the wheels. Finally, the quality of ceremony is heightened by the inclusion of the photographer's shadow, which makes it clear that the Model T is having its picture taken. 
There's a little snippet about uh, this great photograph by one of my favorite photographers, Wright Morris. And then uh, here's another one, a photograph by Irving Penn from 1950, Woman in Black Dress. So here is part of what Zarkowski wrote about this photograph. Irving Penn's simple little picture of a beautiful model in a fancy dress is a masterpiece of the fashion genre. Superficially, the picture pretends to a directness and austerity that suggests a 19th century studio portrait. It is is devoid of luxurious textures, of studio lighting, of elegant properties, or an an identifiable social ambiance. What remains is an almost primitively simple record of a very elegant lady. The simplicity, of course, is a sham. Perhaps the essential nature of this picture can be more clearly seen if one covers with a sheet of paper the model's beautiful and seemingly tiny head. It is possible that only a modern viewer would be able to identify what remains as representing a woman's body rather than the silhouette of an orchid or a scarified tribal priestess in ceremonial headdress or the rhizome of an iris. A third example here uh, is uh, Minor White's Capitol Reef, Utah, 1962. So here's what Zarkowski has to say about this photograph. In photography, Alfred Stieglitz was perhaps the first to make an overt issue of the fact that a photograph could have several meanings, or that the meaning of a photograph could have several faces, when he called his late photographs of clouds and other common subjects equivalents, suggesting that they held optional, equal, alternative meanings. In Minor White's picture reproduced here, it is interesting to note that in spite of the immaculately precise photographic description, one cannot be quite sure what objects are being described. Stone, ice, ancient bones, desiccated leaves, fossilized wood, or what? Nor can we be confident of our own vantage point. Does this landscape lie at our feet, or a thousand yards behind our plane, or in the wall before us. So those are three examples, and so it goes for 100 images. The book progresses from front to back in chronological order, with an 1840s daguerreotype by William Shue leading off the book, and a 1968 landscape by Henry Wessel as the last photograph. Each essay contributes to our understanding of a particular photographer, their motives, their place in history, the reasons the image works, and the way an individual image might have been made. What's sometimes surprising is which images from a particular photographer Zarkowski chose to include. It's not always that photographer's signature image, but rather one that Zarkowski was able to use to make his point about the photographer or about photography in general. So here is Henri Cartier-Bresson, Cordoba, Spain, 19. 33, one of the 100 photographs in the book. Another photograph by uh, the scientist photographer, Dr. Harold Edgerton, uh, Wes Fessler kicking a football from 1935, uh, some of the early, uh, an early example of uh, stroboscopic photography, Edgerton, the inventor of the strobe. When I thought about doing a podcast about this book, looking at photographs, I have to admit that I was a little conflicted. And I was wondering whether this book should be discussed as a history of photography podcast subject, or would it better be suited to Camera Position, the other podcast that I do about creative motives in photography. 
After all, the book is just as much about the creative impulse in photography and what motivates photographers to do what they do as it is about the history of the medium. Here we have W. Eugene Smith's photograph uh, from his uh, very famous Country Doctor series from Life magazine, uh, Dr. Cheriani, 1948. In the end, I chose to use uh, this uh, particular subject of this book as a history of photography podcast, both because Zarkowski's essay are, in general, about the development of the medium, but also because the book was originally published in 1973. Here is uh, Ouija, or Arthur Felig, Ouija's original name. Uh, Ouija's photograph, Brooklyn School Children See Gambler Murdered in Street, 1941 and Ken Josephson's Season's Greetings from 1965. And then, you know, as a book published in 1973, uh, looking at photographs represents a particular view of photography from that historical perspective. While Zarkowski's ideas still have clear relevance to our understanding about the medium and the way photographers approach it, the more than 40 years of time that has passed between the 1973 publication and today's more photograph-intensive world surely changed things. Nevertheless, though, uh, I strongly encourage you to take a look at Looking at Photographs. It's likely available in your local public library, but it's also a book that I recommend that any serious photographer have on their bookshelf. I'll include a link to uh, uh, Amazon uh, on the website, photohistory.jeffcurdo.com, and uh, you can order it directly from there uh, or find it at a local bookstore or, again, at the local library. It's a terrific book and one that I think you'll learn a lot from, uh, both about the history of the medium and also about the practice of the medium. So thanks for joining me on this uh, episode of the History of Photography podcast, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Don't forget to check out the History of Photography class sessions available on the web at photohistory.jeffcurto.com or in the podcast feed. And while you're on the web, take a look at my other podcast, CameraPosition.com, a podcast about the creative side of photography.